Well, it's another great day to have some church. Come on now. <laughs> okay, now obviously this is not church and, and a building is not a church. The people are the church. What I mean is that, that it's a great day for us all, the church, you and I, to be here together. Well, my name is Jeff and I'm the online pastor here at Sandals Church where we have this incredible vision of being real, real with ourselves, real with God, and real with each other. What a vision, what a concept, something we all desire and who we all should be, real. If you are new to Sandals Church online, maybe you searched us on YouTube, maybe you searched real on YouTube, maybe you, maybe someone shared this service on Facebook, or maybe you searched for online churches on your web browser and you found our .tv site on our webpage. However you found us, you found us. And I would love to say hello. Hello, <laughs> see how easy that is? Now it's your turn, come on, don't leave me hanging. Just say hello, say hello in the chat. Let us know that you are new. You can even say hi by going to sandalschurch.com slash next and tell us that you are here. When you do that, someone from our online team would love to connect with you. If you were here last week, I asked all of our couples to mark your calendars for Friday, February the 26th because we're saving date night. It doesn't matter where you're joining from, online, at home, or somewhere in your area. Pastor Matt and his wife Tammy are going to be sharing some real life lessons to upgrade your date night. For this date night, you'll get to spend some time with the Browns talking about how they connect and what they have done to spice up their date nights. For more information and to sign up, go to sandalschurch.com slash date night. This is the third weekend of the month, which means after our 8.15 a.m. service on Sunday, I would love to pray for you live on Facebook. So if you want to personally let me know live what I could be praying for, then make sure you head to our Sandals Church Facebook page after the 8.15 a.m. service. Now, let's sing together and raise a hallelujah. Church, right now, we're gonna lift up our mighty King Jesus. So wherever you're at, please stand and join us in this time of worship. Let's sing out to our good, good Father. I'll raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Let's raise our hands. I'll raise a
Death is defeated, the king is alive. When all else in your world seems like destruction and chaos, know that the king is alive. Thank you so much for worshiping with us. For all of our California families, next weekend, February 27th and the 28th, all of our campuses will be reopening our Sandals Church kids classes at all of our campuses. For any of our families with kids who join us online and aren't close to one of our California campuses, we would love to have you check out our kids.sandalschurch.tv programming just for them. If you have teens, hopefully they're hanging out with you right now, but we have our Sandals Church youth on YouTube that they can check out at any time as well. Before we jump into our Win in Rome series message with Pastor Matt, I want to remind you all to make sure that you are following along on our Sandals Church app. And do not only do that, but also share this message with a friend. The majority way that people find us is because of this vision of being real is shared. People are sharing us online to their friends because this vision has captured them and they just can't be silent about it. So let's do our part and share the gospel by sharing the message. And now here's our own lead pastor, Pastor Matt Brown.
Hey guys, welcome to Sandals Church. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Super excited, I'm in our new studio. So thank you so much for everybody that's giving and has remained so faithful during these difficult times. We're in a series in the book of Romans and it's called When in Rome. And many of you have heard this saying, you know, when in Rome, do as Romans do. The problem is for us as Christians, we're not supposed to live as Romans. We're supposed to live like Christ. And right now in our culture, we don't live in ancient Rome. We live in a current modern culture that has developed a cancel culture. And I wanna talk to you about how to survive a cancel culture because so many of us worry our jobs are at stake. We're worried maybe our relationship is at stake. We're worried that uh, some of our relationships with family members at stake and we're constantly so concerned about losing a friendship, losing a, a job, losing a platform, losing just everything that you've worked so hard for. And the Apostle Paul talks specifically in Romans 2 about how to navigate this culture that literally, you know, just pulls people in and spits them out. So we're in Romans 2, verses 1 through 11 today. And the Apostle Paul begins with these words. He says, you may think you can condemn such people. What people? Well, for six weeks, we've been in Romans 1, and the Apostle Paul has been talking directly about these people that exchange who God is for the God they want. And they begin to worship creatures and things, their careers, their sexuality. And a lot of you have been like, amen, pastor, amen, pastor, amen, pastor. And just know Paul's coming for you. He's just turned the corner and he's gone away from Romans one where you're like, amen, amen. And in Romans chapter two, you're gonna go, ouch. And he's coming right for you. So he says, you may think you can, can condemn such people, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. So a lot of you guys, you judge people that don't know better, but you do know better, and Paul's coming for you. He says, when you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself. For you judge others, but you do the very same things. And we know that God, in his justice, right, in real justice, not justice with a modifier, real justice, eternal justice, will punish anyone who does such things. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things? Anybody feeling Paul? He's coming after me, and I know he's coming after you. He says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? But because you are stubborn and you refuse to turn from your sin, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself, for a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed and he will judge everyone, everyone according to what they have done. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers, but he will pour out his anger, his wrath on those who live for themselves, for those who refuse to obey the truth and instead live lives of wickedness. He says there will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. But there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. Isn't that amazing? We're working so hard in our culture for racial reconciliation. God's gonna reconcile all the races on the day of judgment. And he's not gonna play favorites. He's gonna judge us all according to his righteous standard. So how do I build my faith? You see, the reason so many of us are so intimidated and so worried about a cancel culture is many of you are building your platform. And so you mute yourself to build your platform. 
So if you wanna navigate this cancel culture, I wanna encourage you to be more concerned about building your faith in God than building your career in the world. I want you to be more concerned about building your relationship with Jesus than you are about building your relationship with your friends who judge you, who have a different way of thinking. So here's what I gotta do. Number one, I gotta realize how easy it is to get caught up in a cancel culture. So many of my conservative friends, they love to just throw stones at my Democratic friends and my Democratic, you know, uh, people that I relate to. And they're, they're a cancel culture. They're a cancel culture. You know, they might be a little bit more, but let me tell you something. My, my conservative friends, they'll cancel you or me just as quick. It's just over different issues. We constantly do this. We constantly judge others for the very same things we do ourselves. Paul says this. You may think you can condemn such people, but you're just as bad, right? You're just as bad. The next time you're, you know, you feel like telling somebody they're number one on the highway because of something they just did, ask yourself, how many times have I done this? You may have just done it. When you're, when you're getting ready to just lose your mind on your kids because of how they speak, how are you speaking? Look at yourself. We judge others for this very same things. And so many of you, as we go through, when Paul talks about sexual immorality, you know, Paul talks about, you know, homosexuality, all these issues that maybe don't affect you personally, you kind of turn your nose down and you look at someone else, look, you judge them sexually, but you give yourself permission to sin sexually in any way that you want. And that's what we gotta look at. We gotta look at ourselves. You may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad. Listen to me, self-righteousness is at an all-time high in our culture right now. That's why we throw stones in every direction. We're constantly judging someone else of a different ethnicity, of a different gender, of a different political persuasion. And both sides are so contentious, so unforgiving, right? I mean, we just elected a president who said he's gonna bring us together. How's he doing? I don't think he's doing that well because we're all entrenched in our sides. We just had a president who wasn't elected and I don't wanna get your controversy emails. I don't think he's handling it that well. And so we're entrenched in this darkness, in this ugliness, and we're condemning others for the very same things we do ourselves. You're just as bad. And if you don't agree with that statement, then you don't agree with Jesus. You don't. You have no excuse. You have no excuse. So many people running around, they haven't been raised right. You've been raised again. It's called being born again. You've been challenged. You've been changed. Okay, they don't have the spirit of God in them. They have the spirit of this world. You have the Holy Spirit inside you that guides you, that teaches you, that's directing you, that convicts you. You judge them, but you need to look at yourself. Well, you say, well, they're wicked and they should be punished. Listen to what he says. You are condemning yourself. Some of you don't know this, but Jesus said that the measure that will be used against you on judgment day is the measure you used against others. You used against others. For you who judge others do these very same things. And you're like, well, that's why I don't judge people. No, no, no. It doesn't say not to have judgment. It says not to be judgmental. Some of you have thrown the baby out with the bathwater and you don't judge anyone, but you have no judgment. You have no wisdom. You have no clue. You've never read your Bible. And you're just like, well, I've always thought, well, God doesn't care what you've always thought. He wants you to know what he thinks. And this is what he says. And we know that God will punish in his justice. His justice, not your justice, not my justice. And that's what my concern is for so many of you who are young, right? My social justice warriors, you're marching and here's my concern for you that you become just as dangerous or worse than the oppressors you've tried to overthrow. And we see this time and time again in culture after culture, not just in America, but we see people rise to the, to the, to the top promising to be better than the dictator they replaced. And oftentimes they're much worse. And in the name of unity, right? They, they, they completely silence dissension. They completely destroy it. 
We gotta be so careful that we don't become more evil than what we replaced. You know, Russia was ruled by the czars and it was a corrupt system. It was a problematic system. The word czar in Russian is the word for king and they had a czar system and the people felt like they weren't represented. And so there was a movement towards communism. And specifically, there were two brothers and their last name was Lenin. And they decided that it was their job to blow up the czar of Russia. And they tried and they almost succeeded, but they failed. Here's what's interesting and you need to know this. And none of you have ever been taught this in school, but the czar looked at Vladimir Lenin's older brother and he said, you're old enough to be held responsible and he put him to death. But he looked at Vladimir Lenin and he said, you're too young, there's still a chance for you. And he let him live. Years later, when Vladimir Lenin led the socialist revolution in Russia, he was not so gracious to the czar. He wasn't. And when he came to power in the name of people, into the name of sharing, in the name of socialism, communism, in the name of everybody getting what everybody deserves, he killed not just the czar, but his entire family, all of his cousins, sisters, sons and daughters, and all the children. You see, if we're not careful, if we don't have the spirit of God in the name of justice, we will bring something way worse than what we're trying to replace. We all have to be so careful. We can all be hypocritical, right? Our founding fathers wrote that all men were created equal, but they never lived up to that. They decided that men were valued based upon the color of their skin, that people were valued based upon their gender, right? They, they got it right on paper, but they got it wrong in life. And we all gotta remember that. We gotta be so careful. And we know that God in his justice will punish anyone who does such things. Since you judge others for doing these things, why? Why do you think that you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things? Look, you might be able to fool me. And let me tell you something, I've been fooled, man. I've been fooled by men, women, old, young. I mean, I've been fooled by every ethnicity you can imagine. You can fool me, but you cannot fool God. God knows, God knows. So many of you, and this is, if you wanna know what really ticks God off, it's a thing called hypocrisy. We gotta be so careful. And a hypocrite is someone who says one thing and judges others for it, and then they do it themselves. They do the exact opposite of what they're preaching. They do exa the exact opposite of what they're saying. Here's what Jesus said. So you outwardly appear righteous to others. You know what that's called? Social media. Social media. Oh, you're so, man, you're the holiest person I know. I know because I've been on your Instagram page. I've seen your tweets. You, you sit on, on, on the throne of God most high and you just let us all know how we should live, right? So you outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you, you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. And that word lawlessness means a lack of justice. A lack of justice. And here's what, here's what I'm seeing in our culture today. When I grew up as a kid, it was the religious right that was the real problem, the real problem. Told us all how to live, right? Fundamentalist, just nasty, you know, hellfire and brimstone preaching. And, and what we found out was they were doing all the things they told us not to do, total hypocrites. And now as I've grown older, now it's the secularists. Now, now it's the non-religious, man. They would make wonderful fundamentalist hellfire and brimstone preachers. They don't, just don't use the word of God, they use their words. First Peter 2, 1 says this, so get rid of all evil behavior. I want you to look at that word evil because a lot of you say, well, I'm not evil. Well, let's let God define what evil is. So get rid of all evil behavior, what is it? Be done with deceit, that's lying, twisting. Be done with hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. The Greek word for hypocrite means actor. What, so many of you want to be one day. 
I want to I grow up and be a faker. I want to be so good at it, I get awards for it, right? Be done with acting. Be done with jealousy. Being mad that someone else succeeded. Like a lot, many of you, you want your kids to do better. You want your brother or sister to do better. You just don't want them to do better than you. Like you don't want your sister to be ugly, but you just don't want her to be more beautiful than you, right? You, 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 don't, you don't want your, your relatives to be overweight and unhealthy. You just don't want them to be fitter than you. Like don't get carried away, you know, and just, you know, turn into an exercise nut. We get jealous. Oh, and wait for it, my social media warriors, and all unkind speech. This week, man, you know, Rush Limbaugh died, and it was amazing to me. And I, I've never been, you know, a, a Rush Limbaugh fan. And one of the reasons I, I wasn't into him was, was the way that in his, his form of political entertainment, I felt like he belittled people, and he put people down, and he made fun of people. Matter of fact, Rush Limbaugh started off in Sacramento. I grew up in Sacramento. And he used to make fun of, when he talked about dumb people, Rio Linda, I grew up right next to Rio Linda, right? He's talking about me. And I get it, he's being funny, and sometimes I'm being funny, and that's why you guys send me the wonderful emails to let me know and keep me straight. Like, you're gonna keep me straight, right? That's because you hadn't read Romans 2.1. You know, so now you need to read Romans 2.1 before you send me your little opinion. But what's interesting to me is people who praise the fact that he died, and he said the world is a better place because he's gone. And what they mocked was his attitude and how he talked about people, and guess what they did in their social media posts? The very same thing. The very poison they said he espoused came from them just on a different side of the aisle. Well, let's talk about social media. Social media is where we all pretend. It's where we play pretend. We used to go to Disneyland, now we go to our phones. Can't go to Disneyland, it's closed. Phone's still open. Social media is where we pretend, listen to me, to be happier than we are. Look at our family. Yeah, you just beat your kids and you've argued with your husband. And you took one photo, but you didn't even go home together, right? You went home in different cars. Hitch, get out of here. Social media is where we pretend to be happier than we are. How about this one, more moral than we are? Always love, especially you ladies. I've never seen a guy do this. I'm just having my personal quiet time with the Lord, Bible open, picture. I mean, how many times did you have to take a picture to get your Bible just right? Praying for all you sinners once again today. We pretend we're more moral than we are. You told your, your husband and your kids, shut up, get out of here, I'm, pre I'm, I'm, I'm praying to God. Hate all of you. Lord help me, right? Some of us on social media, we pretend that we're more intelligent than we are. You know you're not smart. You know you're not smart. You flunked seventh grade biology and you're talking to me about COVID and COVID vaccines? I mean, suddenly you're a scientist? I mean, you can't even understand Bill Nye, the science guy, right? And you're like, oh, I got all these opinions. I mean, it's crazy. Some of you act like this. You're more connected than you are. I'm, you're more woke. You're more awake to the culture. My mom asked me, she's a senior citizen. She says, what does woke mean? It means awake to the culture. Social media is where we go to pretend. Listen to me, this is the vision of Jesus for the church. Sandals Church is a place where we're gonna stop pretending and we're gonna invite God to tell us exactly where we are. You think Jesus is impressed with your social media posts? You think Jesus is in heaven? He's like, whoa, wow, that was a good one, whoa. You see this, Dad? It's almost like scripture. You know, Holy Spirit, was this you? Did you say that? Did you utter that? Come on. So here's how we survive in a cancel culture. Instead of building our careers, our lives, our platforms, we build our faith. And we build our faith by reminding myself, yourself. We remind ourselves of how good God has been to me. You know why you're so angry? You know why you're so upset? 
because you are focused on everything that's gone wrong. When's the last time you said thank you for what went right? Romans 2, 4. Paul says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, there's a good word, tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? For some of you, it, this means absolutely nothing. You feel like God has put you on earth to be a referee. Well, there aren't enough police anymore. They defunded the police. I'm gonna be a, a social media cop. You feel like that's your role. That's your purpose. I'm just gonna tell them what I think. Okay, do you know, do you know what I do with your, your rude comments? I just ignore them. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me. I just look the other way. My wife said, doesn't that bother you? No. You know what bothers me? What God thinks. That's what bothers me. That's what keeps me up at night. Because one day I'm gonna stand before God and I'm not gonna be held accountable by, by all these social media, you know, justice warriors. I'm gonna stand before the warrior who died on a cross to save my, from my sins. And he's gonna hold me accountable. I care about what God thinks. Does this mean nothing to you? Nothing? Can't you see this is God's kindness intended to turn you from your sin? You know how God tries to turn you from your sin? With kindness. With kindness. You're like, well, nothing good has ever happened in my life. Really? Nothing good? Nothing good has ever happened in your life. I'm not saying there haven't been difficult things, but some of you only look at the difficult things. And aren't we all that way? I mean, we remember like the five worst moments of our parents from our childhood. But we don't remember, you know, the other 10,000 days we survived. They fed us. They clothed us. Isn't it a miracle, parents, that any children survive? That's why God makes them cute. So you're just not like, done. They're so cute because they're problems. They're problems. You know, two-year-olds are fun for about five minutes. Five minutes. And then they lose their minds. James 1.17, whatever is good, whatever is a perfect gift is coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Isn't that, right? Isn't that crazy? Everything, anything that's ever happened to you in your life that is good comes from Jesus. The reason so many of you are not happy, it's because you only focus on what you don't have rather than focusing on what you do. You're on Instagram. Well, look at their family photo. They went to the beach. They went to Cabo. I'm stuck in Riverside, SoCal. And you're all bitter and you're all angry. And you're not looking at, at what you do have. It's one of the things that Tammy and I have tried to do this year is we've tried to talk about all the good things that have happened to us. Let me tell you something, 2020 was rough, but there were some really good things that happened in 2020. Some really, really great things. I mean, I spent all of 2020 trying not to get COVID. I got it anyways. But you know what? God was with me even through that while people in our church were dying. I was texting people who were losing family members to COVID while I had it. Do you know how weird that is? And here's what I found out. God, God is with me, even in horrific, awful pain. It's the sickest I've ever been, ever. It was awful, but God was with me. He was with me. And some of you, all you're focusing on and what's going wrong, maybe God is allowing all of these things to go wrong with your life so that you'll finally look at him. I got to meet with a person this week who's given their life to Christ because of our online ministry. And like many of you, you don't attend a physical campus at Sandals Church, but you watch online. This guy was fired from his job. There were some accusations made against him. He lost the love of his life and his current relationship. He almost lost his freedom and went to prison because of these accusations. 
He lost everything, his income, his relationship. He, he, he thought he lost it all. And he was sitting in a guard shack at 2 a.m. in the morning and he's listening to the ministry of Sandals Church. And he said these words spoke right to him. Sometimes God has to wreck your life to save your soul. What if all the pain and suffering that you're going through right now is just so God can bless you, not just now, but for eternity? And some of you are so mad at what's going wrong in your life, you're not ever going to find out and discover what God wants to do right in your life. He wants to bless you. He wants to do amazing things for you, right? One of the verses that I prayed over and over again while I was so sick was Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Really, plans for COVID? Plans to not be able to breathe? Plans to lay on my chest for 10 hours every single day? Plans to not be able to get up and go to the bathroom without feeling like I can't breathe and I'm gonna pass out? That's your plan for me, God? You see, so many of us were focused on right here, right now, and all this pain, and we're overwhelmed with it, and as I began to read those words out loud, I know the plans you have for, me, have for me, says the Lord. Plans to prosper me, plans to give me a future and a hope. Tears would go down my face because it was so hard for me to believe it in that moment. Don't believe the moment, believe God. Believe God. Next, here's how I survive a cancel culture. And this is, man, this is gonna be so good for some of you, for me too. Number three, I build my faith by working on my stubbornness rather than the stupidity of others. Man, here, let me just summarize outrage 2021. What's that idiot doing? What's that knucklehead doing? What's that person doing? God says, what are you doing? What are you doing? Romans chapter one, let me summarize for you. They, them, they, 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 them, them, them. Romans two, you, you. You need to take a look at yourself. Romans two, five through six. Why don't we change? Why don't we grow? Why aren't we motivated by the graciousness and goodness of God? Romans 2, 5, and 6, but because you are stubborn, circle that word, stubborn, and you refuse to turn from your sin. Some of you are so stubborn, so stubborn. My grandmother's Dutch, and my dad told me he heard a pastor say one time, he pastored a Dutch congregation, and he said when he buries the Dutch men in church, he only has to bury them from the neck down because their heads are as hard as stone, right? And it just, just leave them there, it'll be there forever. They don't change, right? And all of us, man, we all have our particular ethnicities, right? We, we, all, we all have the groups that we identify with and you know about the stubbornness in your group, the stubbornness in your family, the stubbornness in you. We won't change, we won't change. We're gonna stay right here and judge everybody else and look at everybody else. And that word stubbornness in the Greek is sclerosis, sclerosis. It's really hard to say, S-K-L-O-R-I-O-U-S. It's the word we use to describe heart disease. So if you have heart disease, you have this sclerosis in your arteries and it will kill you because it destroys your heart. It hardens the arteries in your heart. Isn't that amazing? Paul says what can kill your heart can kill your soul. It can kill your soul. If you have a heart attack and die, you're just dead now. If you don't repent and turn your life over to God and give your life to Jesus Christ, you're dead forever. Dead. The book of Revelation says that the worst death is the second death. The second death. We're all gonna die once. But if you're a Christian, you don't die twice. Listen to what he says. You are storing up terrible punishment for yourself. Terrible punishment. Why? because you're a hypocrite and you judge others for what you yourself do. What you yourself do. 
What have we found out over COVID, right? All these politicians that's telling us to wear masks, they don't wear masks. Telling us not to go to parties, they don't go to parties. Telling us not to go to restaurants, they go to restaurants. Hypocrites, listen to me. God will deal with them. God will deal with them. You know, in California, we got this big momentum. Recall, there's a recall. You're gonna be recalled one day straight to the throne of God. And God's gonna judge you for what you did. And not in the public court of opinion, but according to the opinions of Jesus Christ. You are storing up terrible punishment for yourself for a day of anger is coming. A day of anger is coming. We talk a lot as young people about the existential threat. Like existential threat, you know, global warming or this or that, everything's an existential. Existential threat means it's unavoidable and it leads to extinction. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, don't fear the one who can kill the body, but fear the one who can kill the, both the body and the soul. That's an existential threat. Don't send me an email. I'm not saying we shouldn't, we shouldn't worry about global warming. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need to worry about yourself. I wish some of you were as concerned about your soul as you are Mother Earth. Because you know what Mother Earth longs for? The day when God returns and he starts it again. The earth is waiting to be recycled by Jesus. You are storing up terrible punishment for yourself for a day of anger is coming, a day of reckoning when God's righteous judgment will be revealed, right? Whoa! So many of us, we're gonna regret our choices on earth because we have to live out the consequences forever. Have you ever made a bad choice in your life that forever altered your life? Like you, you recovered, but you could never go back. You've been forgiven, God's, God's given you grace, but it's forever altered your life. You see, there are some things and decisions that we make that we can't ever outrun the consequences. And let me tell you something on Judgment Day, you can't outrun the consequence of your choice to live for yourself and to reject God's gracious gift through Jesus. He will judge everyone according to what he's done. So everybody who's so worried about all this unrighteousness, all this mistreatment throughout all of humanity, and it's been everywhere at all time, all over the place, we have to know that God is going to make it right. But here's the difference between God and you and God and me. God has his own moral code. God knows what's right and what's wrong. And here's what's so dangerous about today. And here's why there's a new cancel culture because people are deciding what's right and what's wrong for themselves. Many of you right now are watching on an Apple device. You're watching on an Apple computer. Maybe some of you have an Apple TV. Let me just quote for you, Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple. I want you to listen to his language. I don't know whether he's religious. I, I don't know if he considers himself a Christian, but I just want you to hear his language as he speaks as the CEO of a business, right? He's not a priest. He's not a pastor. He's not a leader of a religious movement. I want you to listen to his words very carefully. Here's why I'm so concerned about where our culture is headed. Because we've denied God. We've exchanged the one true God for our own God. We've denied his laws, his rules, his morality. And listen to me, we've created our own. Listen to Tim Cook. He says, I believe the most sacred thing that each of us is given is our judgment. Isn't that interesting? When I was a kid, non-religious people said, don't judge, who are you to judge? Now non-religious people say, no, no, judgment is sacred. It wasn't sacred right when it was Judeo-Christian, but now it's sacred when it's something else. He says, our morality, our own innate desire to separate right from wrong. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you have an innate desire to go the wrong way, your own way, to run from God. Tim Cook says that we, that he says, choosing to set that responsibility aside at this moment of trial is a sin. It's a sin. 
I want you to think about these three words that he just said. As a CEO of a big tech corporation, sacred, morality, and sin. Those used to be the things the church talked about. Now it's something that big tech is talking about. And some of you are not concerned at all. I'm concerned that one day you won't be able to watch me online the way these things are going because of the convictions that I have about the word of God. Every time I post something on Instagram, every time I I use Twitter, I'm, I'm conscious of what I say because I realize Big Brother is watching. I realize that. And those of you who use Instagram, use social media, you know that when you insert the word God, Jesus, repent, you know that automatically the algorithms push your, your, your content down. You know that. A computer program is self-selecting and pushing things down that they feel are divisive. Listen to me. Jesus Christ said that he came to divide. He came to divide. Husband and wives, sons from their fathers, because we have to make a decision. Are we on God's team or are we on that team? He didn't say you need to decide Democrat or Republican. They're both screwed up. He said, you gotta decide about me. You gotta decide about me. Isaiah 48, four says this, for I know how stubborn and obstinate you are. Do you know what he's talking about? His own people, his own people, the Jewish people. For I know how stubborn you are and obstinate you are. Some of the translations say stiff neck. You ever had a stiff neck? You're like, ah. Ah, like you can't turn. You know what repentance is? Turning, turning, right? Your necks are as unbending as iron. That's some of you, you won't turn. You won't turn, you won't change. No matter what God does in your life, no matter what God throws at you. He says, your heads are as hard as bronze. Some of you have even surpassed that. Your heads are harder than bronze. Proverbs 28, 14, blessed are those who fear to do wrong but the stubborn headed are headed for serious trouble. I got good news for you. Man, if you've made a stupid decision, you can recover, amen? How many, raise your hand if you made a stupid decision. I, I have. I'll probably make one later today. Here's the good news about stupid decisions. You can make those right. You know what you can't make right? Stubbornness. You know the marriages I can't help? It's not the ones where somebody's done something stupid, someone said something stupid. It's the ones who were stubborn and they won't listen, and they, don't, they won't change, and they would rather get divorced than get right. Stubbornness. Not me. I'm gonna do it my way. I don't need anybody or anyone, including God. Let me tell you something. Not only do you need God, but you need a lot of people. You need people around you. You cannot do it alone. And if you are doing it alone, you're not, you're not coming anywhere close to what God's called you to do. You can't be alone. So many of you have reached out to me, you know, as I've preached these sermons. And, you know, and people just, I just don't know how you're doing it, Pastor, and I'm sure you're getting a bunch of hate mail. I am. I am. I've been called things I had to look up. Like, you know, I was like, that, that's, that's a great put down. When you're like, wait, hold on, I gotta Google that. You know, because I don't even know what that is. But I've gotten just tons and tons and, and tons of email from you guys. And people say, how do you do it, Pastor? How do you do it? And here's the answer. I serve a really big God. And he's given me a lot of strength. And he's given me a lot of courage to stand. But not only do I serve a big God, but God's given me a big church. And I have a big community. And here's the beauty of being a part of Sandals Church. We can take a big punch. We can take a big punch. And we don't have to throw one back. We just have to lovingly state, this is what we believe. 
This is how God's called us. And here's why we don't judge others, because we know that we've received grace and God has chosen not to judge us through Jesus. It doesn't mean we don't call a spade a spade. It doesn't mean we don't call right, right, and wrong, wrong. It means that we, when we do it, we're actually trying to win somebody rather than condemn somebody. I mean, here's the truth. Here's the truth. The world doesn't know how to forgive and the world doesn't know how to give grace. Our culture's lost that. Do you know why? We've lost Jesus. We've lost Jesus. We don't know how to change and we don't know how to let others change. Isn't that amazing? We're so stubborn that not only will we not change, but we won't let someone else change. We're gonna lock them in forever into that one mistake, into that one decision because we've lost Jesus. Stop focusing on the stupidity of others and start looking at your own stubbornness. God, where am I not listening? Where am I not changing? Where am I locked in? Where am I prideful? Where have I said, nope, God, you don't go here. You don't go here. And you want me to preach the word of God to others, but when the word of God comes for you, you're like, whoa, we gotta find a new church. We gotta find a new church. I build my faith by focusing on eternal life and what's at stake. What's at stake? What happens? We just came out of an election, right? Every election, this is the most important election of all time. Here's what's at stake. It cracks me up that these politicians, left and right, don't know what to do when people freak out and riot. Burn, burn, you know, cities down, march on the Capitol. Like when you, when you talk about America is coming to end, this is an existential threat to our country and democracy. What do you think people are supposed to do? What do you think is wrong? Whoa, wait a minute. You know, if we're, if we're worshiping together, you know, after COVID, now y'all fire, 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 and then you all run out and trample each other. I'm like, I don't know what everybody's problem is. Well, I just use language that inspired people to do something. It happens on both sides. Because what they're talking about is, is there's a threat to democracy. There's a threat to America. There's a th- Let me tell you something. Here's what the Bible says. There's a threat to your soul. There's a threat to your eternal destiny. And here's what's scary. You have a choice to make. I have a choice to make. We talked about this during our election series. Every four years we elect a president. You may have one time and one opportunity to elect Jesus as your savior, and that might be today. And you don't know, you don't know. Here's what I've learned. My poor son, he's 18 years old, and he's experienced more death at 18 than I did at 30. He's had friends die, family members die, you know, uh, an adoptive grandpa die. He's lost a lot. And I was talking to him just, just yesterday about the brevity of life, about how quick it was. And then my wife and I, we went on a date night with some friends from our church. And our friends made a left-hand turn. We, we were in their car. He made a left-hand turn at a green light without a turn signal. And just as he did that, somebody got impatient with a person who slowed down to let us go by and he punched it. And there was a moment there. There's a moment there, pray for my wife, Tammy. She's still trying to get rid of that moment where this car is coming at us about 60 miles an hour, ready to T-bone us. And we all see it. You see, it's one thing to tell somebody life is brief. It's another thing to look down the barrel of death and go, oh. Now, gratefully, the guy that was driving the car handled the situation and punched it. And we, we, we nearly avoided a cataclysmic collision. But a lot of you think, well, I'll, I'll get my life right with God tomorrow. No one's promised tomorrow. 
No one's promised tomorrow. A couple weeks ago, these words came out of my mouth. You don't know where you'll be tomorrow. You don't know what will happen tonight. I went home after I preached that sermon and shook all night with COVID. I didn't know it was coming. The Lord did. The Lord's like, this is a good point, Matt. Let's, let's talk about this later, in about five hours. I didn't even know what was gonna happen in five hours. Romans 2, 7 through 11 says this. He will give eternal life to those who keep doing good. Here's my concern, that you cancel yourself out of eternity. You cancel yourself. Seeking after glory and honor and the immortality that God offers. Do you understand that? God is offering you glory. God is offering you honor. And God is offering you immortality to live forever with him. Some of you are freaked out by the concept of eternity. One of the things I've been doing is I've been, I've been looking into just what physicists are discovering. You see, when I was in school, they told us that everything was material and that everything had a beginning and they called it the Big Bang. Here's what physicists and astrophysicists are now discovering, that there's something beneath the material, something that exists, listen to me people, outside of time. They first began to discover this when they broke down your DNA, my DNA. Do you know what they discovered when they looked at the DNA of human beings? They found coding that looks very similar to the way that we program computers. And the DNA in your body has been instructed by something what to do. It doesn't self-decide. It's been programmed. And so many physicists so many people, as they look out into the vast expanse of space, what they're finding, what they're theorizing, is there something beyond what we can see? Listen to this, and it just is. And they don't know what it is. Too bad they didn't listen to Moses, who met what it is thousands of years ago. Who should you say sent me, Lord? I am. I am. Aristotle called him the unmoved mover. The Gospel of John called him the Logos. The Logos. In English, we translated the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. What was the word? The word was with God and the word was God. The Lord is inviting you into eternal life with him. And this material life is a life where we choose, where we spend eternity. So God is offering you glory and honor. Here's what breaks my heart. 87% of the teenagers, the young people in our church who are watching this, and thank God you're watching this. You're, you're well beyond your friends. 87% of you, when they're surveyed, what do they want to be when they grow up? It's no longer doctor, lawyer, soldier, policeman, fireman, firewoman, fireperson, whatever, you know, what, what, whatever it is you wanna be. 87% of young people today say this. They wanna be an influencer. They want glory, they want honor, they wanna shine. The very things Jesus offers forever. When you post online, you might get a little glory, you might get a little honor for one click. Jesus offers it forever. He likes you forever, forever. Isn't that amazing that our kids are more seen than you and I were? Like when I was a teenager, I knew like eight people. Some of our teenagers have millions of followers. Isn't that crazy? But it doesn't matter who follows you. Listen to me, young people. It matters who you're following. 
And here's why, because he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves. Well, I'm just trying to be me. God says, no, 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 no. You need to be like my son. For those who refuse to obey the truth and instead live lives of wickedness. You see, Tim Cook of CEO thinks he knows what wickedness is. The scripture says only God knows what wickedness is. It says there will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil. Here's what God's word says. Look, evil won't just screw you up for eternity. It'll screw you up now, right now. If you don't listen to God, if you choose to go your own way and you say the Bible's old fashioned, it's out of date and I'm just gonna have sex with whoever I want to, you're going to create destruction, not only for eternal life, but your own life. It never works. What Hollywood says never works. What God says always works. There'll be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil. So many of us, right, we, we, we can't wait for Disneyland to open. And one of, my, one of my, my favorite Disneyland stories as a kid was Pinocchio. Here's the problem with Walt, good old Walt, Grandpa Walt. You know what he did is he took old stories and he softened them and he made them more palatable so they would become children tales. Pinocchio was never written for children. It was written for parents. The real Pinocchio, when he lies, one of two things happen. When it's an obvious lie, his nose grows. When it's a less obvious lie, his, his legs shrink. You know why that is? You can't ever outrun the truth. Oh, remember the cute cricket? Jiminy the cricket? You know what he does in the book? He smashes him with a hammer and he kills it. And he goes his own way. That's what happens. That's what happens. And do you know why ultimately in the story, Pinocchio is turned into a real boy? Not because he repents, not because he ever gets it right. Here's the story, because of the love of the father. That's why. Your only chance of changing is the love of God, your father, who's in heaven. There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil. For the Jew first, why? You knew better. If you were raised in church, you knew better. And then for the Gentile, those of us who didn't know better, but you're learning, you're growing, but there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good. For the Jew first, and also for the Gentile. God loves all the peoples. Why? Because God does not show favoritism. Man, if you wanted to make our country right, if you could just take out favoritism, our, this place would be a better place. Our politicians play favorites. Wealthy play favorites. You and I play favorites. God doesn't. Because he's morally superior to us in every way. Take this chance today. Stop being a hypocrite. Stop blaming others for what you do yourself and get your life right with God today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus, I pray that you would speak to us right now. Where, where am I condemning and judging someone else for the very same things I do? God, help me to look at myself, my own life, my own stubbornness, and then help me to look at you and help me to see through your word how to change and how to become more like your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, help me in this cancel culture, Lord, not to self-cancel myself for all eternity. I pray this in Jesus' holy name, amen. It doesn't matter who's following you. It matters who you are following. Ouch. For me, that was a tough statement to hear because, to be honest, I can find myself often wondering how many followers I have. 
and who's seeing me, who's watching me. But the real question is, who am I following? That's a good question. And you know what? I'm going to ask you that same question. Who are you following? Deep down, the reason why we are all chasing posts, followers, likes, and Insta hearts is because we are chasing significance. Pastor Matt reminded many of us and maybe showed some of us for the first time that our ultimate and eternal significance comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. So many of us hear that and and we know we need to follow Jesus because he's the only one who can give us real honor, real glory, and real significance. If that's you and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, you can do that right now by going to sandalschurch.com slash follow me. If you are in the chat, let one of our chat hosts know. No matter who you are or where you are, you can accept God's invitation today to be in a forever relationship with him. And God doesn't want to leave you right there. He wants you to be supported in a community. If you don't have people in your life who can help you follow Jesus and support you on this journey, then we would love for you to join a Sandals Church Anywhere or become a Sandals Church Anywhere in your location. In a community is how life, faith, and following Jesus is truly lived. You can do that by going to sandalschurch.com slash anywhere, and we would love to come alongside you. Pastor Matt also talked about the difficulty of 2020 and how so many people were facing some of their hardest days. But I want you to know that God was still working. We wanna let you know that last year, one of our Sandals Church Anywhere locations launched in South Carolina, where three little girls' lives will be forever changed. Nona, Aurora, and Amali were baptized three weeks ago with their Sandals Church Anywhere community. That community came together and held a baptism and celebrated those little girls deciding to follow Jesus Christ. When you partner with Sandals Church with your giving, you are partnering with the work of sharing Jesus with families and children literally all over the world. We could not do this without you. And if you want to join with us in this amazing work, you can do that today by going to give.sc. As we move into a time of worship, there may be a lot to think about. Let's try our best to listen as we sing and to ask God how he wants us to move from this message and what we just heard to what we need to hear from him. Life. 
Sandals Church, I want you to know that you were supposed to be here today. This message was supposed to be heard by you. And you probably know someone who needs to hear this message. So many people are sharing all kinds of stuff on their social media and, and through these devices. Consider sharing this service. Maybe there is someone you want to text right now that you know needs to hear this, that you know that it is all about gaining followers that will never satisfy. And if you need prayer, let us know in the chat or please go to sandalschurch.com help. Or you can join me every third Sunday after the 8.15 a.m. service and I will pray for you live on our Sandals Church Facebook page. We love you. I love you. Be real and have a great week.